God. There is no one like our God this morning. This is the house of God. This is the house of praise. And we're so thankful for the grace of God that has come amongst the people again in this generation. I was just in the pastor's study and just looking over and seeing that pillar of fire over that prophet. I said, my God, how privileged I am to be identified with the God that was with Moses. The God that walked on this earth. The God that met Paul on the road to Damascus. The same God would come down in this generation. And it's not that we can just say that, that you say, I got a personal relationship with that God. And for that, we give him all the praise and the glory and the honor. God bless you all. Nice to see you all here this morning, all our visitors. And uh, we just want to make that announcement that tonight at 4.30 is our communion service. We've moved it just uh, up a bit. Help everybody. And uh, don't forget that. I believe it will be a very, very wonderful time around the Lord's table. Amen. I want to acknowledge our brother Fabronio this morning. Um, I admire him. God bless you, brother Fabronio. We want to thank you for coming here to give your greetings to this assembly, to bring your your sons with you. And in the most in, uh, inclement weather that we've got, terrible. I mean, here you come at at a time September's are supposed to be beautiful, and it's terrible. And you would come all this way from Brazil to be with us this morning. We want to thank you this morning. I got to acknowledge what God has been doing through our precious brother. God bless you, brother, for being here. Amen. God bless you all. All in your places with sunshiny faces. Well, we've come to hear the word, haven't we? And uh, as Brother Bram so often said, I have a, a long lesson this morning. Well, not that I have a long le- lesson, I might be long-winded. But we'll try and cut the wind down and concentrate on the word, okay? So if you wouldn't mind turning in your Bibles, please, at this time, Second Corinthians chapter 5. As you, over the last few months, couple months, been speaking on a theme, is there more? Is there more? If you be Christ, then you're heirs. Is there more for the heirs? Absolutely. Are you Christ? That's the identification. Yes, I'm Christ. And I believe that that was where you're supposed to find yourself is in Him. And that that has to be a very personal revelation. That you are indeed been purchased by the Lamb of God Himself. And that there is a reason for your purchase. There's a reason for the call of God in your life. And there's a reason that we have come to this generation. Luther lived his day. And the saints that heard that message lived their messenger's message. Then Wesley came on the scene. He was a messenger. And those that were under their messenger lived the message of their messenger. Then there was the restoration of gifts, as we understand, of course. And there were people that lived under that anointing. But at the end of that age, a prophet would come. And he would be a messenger to this age. 
And now there has to be again a people that will live that message under their messenger. And I would like to hear a hearty amen this morning. We are, we are believing, not that it's a coin phrase, we believe the message and it becomes an overused statement. But the message in itself, the message that was preached is Jesus Christ himself. And that's the message we believe. And we believe it with all our hearts. And now we're going to look in what that messenger said. And we want to live now under the message of that messenger. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, eternal in heavens. So we have a body waiting for us that was eternal in the heavens. Do you understand that? You have a body that's waiting for you. All right, Paul, let me just go for that. Read that over again, please. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. I want you to pay special special attention to this. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Would you mind if we read it again? Because this is my little message this morning. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, what does it say again? Do groan. Being burdened not for that, we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up in what? Life. Mortality be swallowed up of life. Now we that, now he that hath wrought us for the self, same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are always so humbled to stand before the blood washed and purchased of God. 
Lord, an honor it is to be able to proclaim the gospel. Not that we have merit in ourselves, but it's by the grace of Almighty God that we can stand here proclaiming the word is alive. It's alive in our souls. It's alive in our innermost being. And we in ourselves do groan, Lord, wanting to be tabernacled with that heavenly home. Father, I pray that you'll bless your people. Bless the word. Meet the needs. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Devil tried to take a whack at me. Tried to give me every excuse to call the brothers to take the service this morning. I'm sweating. I'm aching. My head's plugged. But I'm not going to give over to the devil no way. We all have a part to play in this little body and we'll do our part without excuse. Amen. If we say we're going to fight him, we're going to fight him. People are looking for excuse maybe not to come to church. I, I look for the excuse to come to church. I'd rather be in the presence of God and be healed here. Amen. And, and I have people that are like precious faith with me as we stand on the promises of God. It's quite an hour as we as obviously lay a little foundation to where we're like to go. It's quite an hour we're living in. It's an age, of course, of plenty. An age where you can just about have anything. And it's something that I think we obviously need to be aware of. We're reminded constantly that anything that Satan does is not for your benefit. Anything that is developed or anything that is is invented or anything that is not for your benefit. I think the only thing that we can say for our benefit is when that prophet said in the first message in 1947, faith is the substance, for our benefit was those tape recorders. That was invented for us because in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And now, you know, everybody today has tapes. But I lived in a time in the 70s when we were helping Brother Biscoe with the radio and being a part of this little assembly in the house that we were criticized because we were tape worms. But every Tom, Dick, and Harry or every type of minister, I don't know how Tom got in there, but they have their recordings and they're trying to promote themselves or promote whatever they're trying to preach. But let me, I just would like to echo, there's only one voice worth listening to in this generation is the voice of God that came through a messenger called William Branham. People try to promote a lot of things and they're out to promote themselves or promote a product. And there's a lot of advertising going on and it's trying to attract you or distract you and take you away from the original vision. And so that's why I'd like this morning just to focus back on to the purpose. Why did God send a message in this day? Why did he send Malachi 4? Why did God call you? And what is our purpose of being identified with that messenger? Is it, is it just to say, 
we believe William Branham. Is it just to say that there's been another messenger in this age and we need to hear him? It's more than that. And this messenger never pointed himself once to himself. As John the Baptist foreran the first coming of Christ, that messenger, his voice was to proclaim the coming of the Lord. And this messenger, with this anointing, as John the Baptist foreran the first coming, your message will forerun the second coming. His message was not to point you to himself, but to God himself. And people get it all fouled up in their minds, saying that we're all caught up with William Branham. Listen, I am caught up with William Branham. But that voice points me to Jesus Christ. Not a God of history, a God that's present. A God that's present. And then if God sent a messenger, then it's we are then responsible to hear what that messenger said that sent a message. Very, very important. Because as time goes on, it speeds up. As it speeds up, you have no time. And it seems like what gets, gets cut short is your Bible reading, your prayer life, and listening to the message. That's what Satan attacks. And don't be fooled. If you never ate this morning or tonight and tomorrow, you know that your natural man would be weakened. It's true. And so how on earth can your spiritual man be strong if you're not being washed by the water of the word? And that then it behooveth us to listen to what this message is telling us to do. Brother Branham said in the message, faith is the substance. Our bodies are groaning. Our bodies are groaning because we have an inheritance. So if we are Christ, then we're heirs with him. So we have this inheritance. But what is our inheritance? I want to show you. By the grace of God, that your body is calling for a body change. We're not calling to sit in a church, but our calling is groaning, and it's groaning for a change, and that change is a new body, eternal in the heavens. It's not how much you know the message, as such as you can quote, but it's knowing Him. It's knowing the Jesus of this message. So then can I say, how is your body doing this morning? Is it groaning? Well, I know the older I get, I get groans. And yet we have a lot of young people here this morning that think that their their vitality is so strong. They can, you know, just about leap through. Jump over fences, do whatever they can do as they're in their youth and 
But you know that? That sure ends quick. That ends very quick. Because you think you can do anything from 16 to about 21. After that, you start to feel decrepit. So you can imagine what I feel. But it's not because I'm getting old. It's not because I'm getting older that I groan for this body. It's not because I'm older. It's because I was made for it. You were made for that change. And how on earth could you get ready unless God would have sent a word and give us a channel, give us direction in life? We wouldn't know what to do. We see a world just bobbling along and just like a cork in a sea of nothing. Don't know where they come from, don't know where they're going. But a messenger came to tell you, you were born for another place. Amen. Yep, we're going to get aches and pains. Yes. We got a God that heals aches and pains. Yes. But that's not why we believe in a supernatural message. For the supernatural in itself. And yes, that should be a part of our everyday life. Sheep eat grass, they bear wool. That's what they do. We've been born by a supernatural, incorruptible seed. That's what we do. But there's something on this outside. Our bodies that have not been yet redeemed. Like your soul. Desired the things of God and drove you. And God that came whether to the woman at the well or came to Joshua before Jericho. And as we've often heard over the last few years, Brother Biscoe saying, he came to me. He came to his elect. And so throughout the ages, there have been elected seeds and they've lived as I said, under their messenger. And, and they actually, that's, that's what they live by. They were, they were willing to be hung by their hair and tarred and feathered. They were willing to be burned at the stake. They were willing to be eaten by lions. They were willing to do that willingly. They lived out their part. We have a part to live out. And they, without us, are not made perfect. So there has to be a people today under their messenger fulfilling what the messenger came to produce. It's not just a better life, friends. The message didn't give you a, didn't come to give you a, a, a better status of life. And yet, yep, we have moved along and, and I can't not thank God for the blessings of God. But I, 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 I'm not after the blessing. I'm only after the blesser. 
We need to start just now focusing ourselves. Because as the day goes on, as time will go on, it will get more weirder and wickeder and perverted as we see and have seen. It used to be a saying by our mothers when we were first saved and in the message, son, it's going to get better. The world's going to get better. But if she was alive today, I'd say, mom, you're totally wrong. The only thing that's going to get better for you is a rapture. The only thing better for us is the message of the hour that is changing us from glory unto glory unto glory. So our bodies, I'm looking at you some wonderful looking bodies today. Brother Bram said in the message, faith is the substance. Our bodies are groaning. And we have an inheritance. We're his children. Heirs of that kingdom. Kings and priests unto God offering spiritual sacrifices. So I have here, don't focus then on your career. Don't focus on your so-called American dream. Our satisfaction only comes by knowing Jesus Christ. My satisfaction does not come in a paycheck. Yes, we do have to work hard and yes, we deserve what... To get paid for what we do. But it's not what we run after. Our satisfaction, as I said, is only in Christ himself. He's our comfort, for he's our comforter. In him alone is our peace. For he is our shalom, for he's Jehovah Shalom. You cannot get away from the scriptures, nor do we want to get away from the scripture. So Brother Bram said at one place, he says, if you've got Jehovah Shalom, you have then all the seven attributes of Jehovah. Because you cannot separate one of the attributes of God and say he's not your victory. If he's your victory, he's your righteousness. If he's your righteousness, he's your shepherd. If he's your shepherd, he's your healer. You can't have a part of God. If God is in you, you got all God. So why do we sit under lower in our privileges of God? Why aren't husbands taking the high priest of their position and putting their homes in order? This is the time that now we are the sons of God. Be the high priest. Speak the word of God. If you need healing in your home, speak healing in your home. You need salvation for your children, speak salvation for your children. But we coast along and it's so easy to coast in Laodicea. But let us stay focused. When we are changed, there's a tribulation. And I would not want to see one of you go through tribulation, nor your lost children go through tribulation.
I do believe in prayer. And I do believe in a calling out on God. And I do believe that God has given us children under this token age. And I'm not satisfied in just making it a statement. I love to make it an action. Let's focus then on Christ Jesus. For as David said, the deep. We say, well, Brother Tom, we've known this for a long time. But let me just rehearse it, please. Are you looking this way? Oh, yeah. There's a deep, deep calling. Then there has to be a deep to respond. But a lot of times in life, all of us have to do reevaluation or inventory taking. Is what am I doing? Causing that deep to be squelched? Or am I nurturing it? And giving it room to speak? For our bodies do groan. Then what is that groan? Where did that come from? It had to come from the creator. Because before there's a creation, there has to be a creator. Before you could have a deep, there had to be one that gave you the deep. So what is Satan trying to steal from you today? Your deep. Get you so involved and so intense in activities that really, does it really mean, really mean much? Is eternity more important than your little ideas? Or your wants? Or would your serving God be greater than your wants? Because my Bible said, He will meet all your needs. But we in ourselves try to meet our own needs. And when you start putting your hands to what God wants to do, you wait for a failure to come. There's many people that have striven for certain things of life and at the end of life have become a failure. And then there's many people that have striven for things in life and have achieved it And it was a failure. So which one do you want? You can achieve for something and get what you are achieving for. In just the carnal natural realm. As I was, we were stating, I've stated here over the pulpit over the years that Buzz Aldrin, he lived to be on, walk on the moon. How many people here can say they walked on the moon? He says every time he goes to the cocktail party, he, everybody shuts up with their stories. Because everybody's trying to make their story bigger than the other fellow. But when he walks into the room, everybody shuts up. Why? Because he's got the story of stories. 
How many of them walked on the moon? But even in achieving that, and even the goal was set for that, and, and though he got there on the moon, it never fulfilled his inner self when he got there. And when he came back, he had to see psychologists to try and figure out, why did I work so hard for this? And it never filled or satisfied him. And then Brother Bram turns around and says, Your thirst can only be satisfied by the person of Jesus Christ. And we should stay focused to that, saints. Because Brother Bram said, That person is here right now. Don't look outside these doors. Look in the present time tense now. Jesus Christ is in this room now. Hallelujah. And that Jesus can do anything he wants to do. Do not limit him. Do not give him ultimatums. You'll find yourself falling very short. The word, he says in birth pain, the word, the word. Why did he send this word? Because only this word could fulfill your deep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Gaither trio ain't going to do it for you. Brooklyn Tabernacle ain't going to do it for you. But I'll tell you one thing I'll do. When you put on that message and you hear that prophet start singing, there's a land across the river that they call a sweet forever. No one sang a song like that. Deep. Calling to your deep. Gideon. I want to make it personal. Because, listen, you can ride after anything. I've seen so many failures recently. You see people failing when they succeed. You see people failing when they don't succeed. Why don't we just put a different focus? Look to Jesus, and he never fails. Be tender to him and his leadership, not in your wants. Not in your silly wants. I want to do. That's the only one. What you can have. I want to do. Thy will. Can you finish it? I want to do. What? Thy will. Oh Lord. Fill me. Use me. That's what I want. Outside of that, I don't want your trinkets. I don't want anything. Uh, Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. So then in the seals, in the breach, he, and it's been quoted and please, I'm I'm so sorry if I uh, repeat things that, that maybe you've heard. A year, ten years ago. I, 
I looked at my breach. And I looked at that book this week. And it's a blessed book. To the realization of God rich in mercy was our breach. He preached God in simplicity first. And tells us it was then the blood which was our bleach. That caused the bridge. That we could cross and have fellowship. With our heavenly father. But now God knew that we needed a message. To keep us focused. To the purpose of our calling. And unless this word would have come in its grandeur and its un, and in its ungrandeur, to me it's grand. To the world it's just nothing. But to me it's everything. But when those seals were open, Brother Bram said, this is sublime. I hope I get there. He said, something's lost. Something's groaning, trying to get back, back to its original condition. What? And then he says in another place, into our ought to be condition. So if there's a deep for that, God, before he created an earth, knew that Malachi 4 was going to come with a word. A message, a word to produce a bride in this wicked age called Satan's Eden. Something's lost, something's groaning, something's trying to get back to its original condition. Can you imagine falling from the earth deep in a pit, struggling, climbing, pulling? By some means, get me out of this pit. They're not in their original state. Frantically screaming, clawing walls, making noise. Do something! Get me out of this pit! Well, saints of God, if you've been in a pit, may the Holy Ghost reach down and lift you out of your pit! Because this is what the message came for, saints. Not to just have us another gathering, not to, for us to say, well, Brother Branham was the fulfillment of Revelation 10, 7. The message is way more than that. Way more than that. And what God was using was the very mouth of a prophet to speak and create a bride in this last age. Unless Malachi 4 would have come, we would not be here. Because you are literally, he said, the spoken word bride. Brother EBA, you would not be sitting there unless this message came to you. As we fellowshiped in the hallway the other day, what would we be without this message? And you young men, listen. You got, I know you want your careers and I know you want your, to achieve things and goals and things, but I want you to achieve Christ. Yeah. 
Get in the message. And you older ones, don't say, I heard that before. Because what you're hearing now is in season. So it's all of us included here. It's inclusive. If you've got a son that's vexed by a devil, daddy, you've been given the power by the spoken word to deliver your child. How long are we going to coast along? How long? How long are we going to stay in the pit, clawing, screaming, when a message came to get us out of the pit and put us back into our original condition? May then I suggest to you that your soul, your germ that's found you is groaning. And it's groaning for Malachi 4. It's groaning for Revelation 10. That which is in you is groaning for that which God has brought to fulfill your groan. You have a body waiting for you. And that body is there to match your soul. Seed shall not be heir with a shuck. He was God, the Logos, the word that went out of God. It began to brood on the earth and it brought forth marine life. When the spirit of God, the Logos, the word which God said, let there be. And there went the Logos, which is the word. The Logos is the word. And the word began, now, when the Spirit of God, the Logos, the word, God said, let there be that Logos, which is the word, and the word caused all this, cause all this was in the Logos. The whole word of God, the whole Bible for every age was in the Logos. And as the Logos began to breathe upon the earth, there came marine life. As the Logos began to breathe on the earth, don't fall asleep on me. As he breathed on the earth, the Logos breathed on the earth, there came marine life. Every fish, every whale, every shellfish, everything was created by the Logos. There was then a building up to bird life, up to animal life. And then finally there came something in the representation or looked like the thing that was brewing it. So now, not only did he breathe on the earth, he says he brewed over it. And as he brooded over it, God, a man in the very image of God, 
Think about it now. He says, as he brooded over it, that's God, a man in the very image of God, that man fell. So we understand that now. The Logos brooded over the earth. And marine life was created. And bird life was created. And animal life was created. Until he got something that represented like himself. A man. But he said that man fell. Like the seed has to fall. And then God brooded over that. After the fall, he brought up. Now watch, God's still brooding. God brooded over us this morning. Adam fell, but he still brooded. And he said as he brooded, it brought up an Enoch. Enoch came by the brooding of God. God brooded over it. And an Enoch came up. He brooded over it. And an Elijah came up. God brooding over an earth. And a Moses came up. And he brooded again. And a Gilas down came up. You are here by the very breath and brooding of God. Can I get everybody? Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Do you believe that? He said he brooded and Elijah came. He brooded and an Enoch came. He brooded and a Moses came. He brooded until he came into the very image of himself. Jesus. Hallelujah. Is he the same yesterday, today and forever? If he brooded and got marine life, brooded and got animal life, brooded and got an Adam and Adam fell. He brooded and got an Enoch, brooded and got a Noah, brooded and got an Elijah. Brooded, got a Malachi 4, brooded, got Jesus. He brooded, he got Paul, he brooded, he got Peter. God is brooding over us. Hallelujah. Why? He's got one thing in mind. Restore Adam, restore Eve, and restore Eden. Satan has lost. Are you listening? Jesus has won. (laughs) He brooded in the Enoch. Brooded, God Elijah. Brooded, God Moses. And by the grace of God, he brooded and brought forth a Tom Ray. You have to put your name there. Who else could do this? I only know one thing. Satan was trying to destroy me. And I knew one day then Jesus came. And he brooded over me. And he's still brooding over me. Because there's a groan to put on another tabernacle. How's your groaning? How's your groaning? So caught up in our personal lives. And that's what Satan wants. And that's his device. Gotta get a new car, gotta get a new this, gotta get, I got a new car. 
but I had my other car for 15 years. I take care of my vehicles. I like to wash them, I like to take care of things. I'm a natural man trying to take care of things that God gives you. Then if I take care of those things, isn't God going to take care of you? You're more valuable than a piece of tin. Isn't God going to watch over you and breathe on you and brood on you and bring you to what he's got in mind of you? Sure he is. Sure he is. You're worth a whole lot more to him than the trinkets that Satan tries to throw at your feet. Be satisfied serving God in the capacity where God has called you to. People always want something different. They want another position. They want another place. Just be content where God puts you and you be the best you. You just be the best you there is. He brooded. He brooded. God brought up a Moses, an Elijah, an Enoch. Brought up prophet after prophet. Trying to restore that image again. And finally upon the earth came the genuine image of God himself called Jesus Christ. The perfect man. Which was God. The Logos was made flesh. Come on, it's not, I don't want you to get lost on, the, somehow people get lost on simple words. The Logos is the Word. And the Word was made flesh. So don't get lost on Logos here. The Logos is the Word. And now the genuine image of God. Himself. The Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. Are you listening? Because the, the quote isn't over. Now that same Logos has another part. He's got a bride. He brooded till he got Jesus Christ. He's going to brood on you until you manifest what God's got in his mind for you. Then I say, oh, Logos, brood on us this morning. Let the word breathe on me. Brood on me. He's got a bride. (laughs) Are you ready for this? A bride, the same Logos. Oh, don't let be, let that be a pill to swallow. Now, the same Logos has a part. He's got a bride, the same Logos. This word cannot be tampered with. It's brooding over his church today, trying to bring back the word. 
to its full manifestation. He's brooding over us. He's brooding over us this morning to bring us to full manifestation. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We are. We are. I wanted to title this little message, Breath and Brood. Then I put down breathe and brood. So I called it, are you hearing from your theophany? (laughs) Figure it. I never title it really right. I look back on some of my old titles and say, I don't even remember preaching that. But sometimes the brothers put their own titles down too. Maybe a better title, brothers. They said they could change it anyways while I'm preaching. Breathe and brood. Won't you breathe on me? (laughs) Oh, let him breathe on me. Let that Holy Ghost breathe on me. Breathe on me, Lord. Brood on me. Let me come to my full manifestation. Let me not get caught up in the secular things of life. We'll do our best. We'll do what we can. But my full full purpose is to put on a body change. We'll do the best we can in what we can do. And that's all we can do. And let go and let God have his way. God, Hebrews 1, if you want to turn to it and read along, that'd be fine. If not, you can just listen to it. God, Hebrews 1, 1, who in sundered times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. What was he doing? He was breathing on the people. He was brooding on the people. He was using the prophets to minister the breath of God. Because God can't do nothing until he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Jeremiah had to prophesy for Babylon to come. So God used Jeremiah's breath to breathe the word. God used Malachi 4's breath to breathe the word. Oh my, I should have got a bigger amen than that. It is the breath of God. That breathes through that vessel. That is literally creating a bride for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You got a lot of blowhards. You got a lot of people breathing a lot of breath. But they can't produce nothing but a church full of adultery, fornication, and unbelief. But this message produces faith. Because I'll send you Elijah the prophet. To literally turn the hearts of the children. Back to the faith of our fathers. 
And that's why I'm speaking a message this morning. Sons of God, rise up and go into your house and claim your inheritance. When my children, and one in particular, I needed to be a lawyer when he was in grade four. But I kept on saying non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. They got every reason under the sun why they can do a certain thing. And I would say non-negotiable, son. It's dad's way or the highway. Oh, that went over real well, didn't it? And I'll probably be called a, a dictator, but that's okay. I love my sons. But this is non-negotiable, friends. This is non-negotiable. This is not you negotiating with Malachi 4 saying, well, you didn't quite mean it this way. You meant it that way. It's non-negotiable. You say what he said. Because it was God breathing through that prophet. It was God's word coming through that prophet. And it's produced what he's producing around the world. You go to Congo. You go to Brazil. You go to Europe. This message produces exactly the same thing. Why? Because it's God's breath. It's God brooding. If you went in one place and then produced this here and then another place and produced that there and another place, then you'd say, ah, forget it. But when you find real believers that stay with the message, they'll be the same around the world. Because they're being reproduced. Spoken. By the prophet. By the word of God. So God. Who had spoke through the prophets. Unto our fathers. By the prophets. Hath. Now you can put this present tense. A lot of theologians want to put it back 2000 years ago. But you and I can put this present tense. Let's read verse 2 together. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And I put in parentheses Logos. Hebrews 1 and 2. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. The word Logos. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things. If ye be Christ. Then you are heirs. Amen. You're heir of what? All things. Say to yourself, all things. Then you can say, all things are only. I'm heir of what? Over here, heir of what? All things. How about over here? Sure we are. That's what the Bible says. We're heir of all things. God. Rich in mercy hath in this last day spoken unto us by his son. By his son. Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, sir. He, Brother Bram says now here. He says that right. That's right. That's right. Birth pains. That's right. That's right. I like that. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
That same God is here right now. The same God that spoke to our fathers by the prophets hath in this last days spoken to us by his son. That same God is here right now. Two paragraphs later. That same God is here. Hallelujah. He says, I challenge you to believe that. I challenge you to believe that. Then he just goes on. He said, then the angel that was with Abraham, that same angel that was with Abraham is with me right now. What a challenge. Have you ever heard that in Pentecost, Mark? You ever heard a man stand in the pulpit and say, the angel that was with Abraham is with me? No, sir. No, sir. God hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. But he needed a prophet to speak. And he spoke the word of God for you to come to your full manifestation. He said, that's right. That's right. That same God is here right now. Two paragraphs down. That's right. That same God is here right now. I challenge you to believe it. Then he turns right over here. Oh, little fella. I love this. I I wish it was me. He says, oh, little fella there. Got a hernia. You're wearing a gray suit, uh, glasses and a gray suit. Fred, call him by his first name. Fred, God heals you. Believe it. Will you accept it? All right. I never seen him in my life. Who was telling him it was Fred? The son. Has spoken in this last age. But he needed a person to breathe the word. Hallelujah. When you listen to the tapes now, I want you to have a deeper appreciation. Brother Branham, as Brother Ernie quoted, and I love that quote. Give me a temporary resurrection that he might use my body. Amen. Yes, sir. Hath in his last days spoken to us by his son, the Logos, the word, and has appointed heir of all things. If you be Christ, then you're heir of all things. You know, listen, don't be like me. Don't be like me. I remember when I was first appointed to be a deacon at, at the log church. I was, I was at, at, like the brothers do at the door, but we only had double doors and then there was a door going outside and I was standing at the door going outside and I just opened the door, walked out, see who was coming and here comes this raving maniac coming to church. And I'm talking literally a raving maniac. And he was foaming at the mouth and I never seen anything like this. And I'm just still wet behind the ears. And here he comes charging towards me. So I just stood in the middle of the sidewalk. And I said, where do you think you're going? He said, I'm going in there. No. He says, you're not. I said, you're not going in there. He goes, I'm going to put my fist right through your head. And I'm going, really? (laughs) And I just said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And he flipped around like a coin and went running the other way. And I walked around and I said, Ernie, it works. It works. The word works. That's what we've been saying for years. The word works. Use the word. If you say to this mountain, I'm not talking about moving gross mountain. I'm talking about moving the mountain that is in your life right now. So this has been a mountain I've been climbing for a long time and I've been going up the rough side of it. Well, it's time to remove it. It's time to remove it. Time to mean business. Breathe on us, Lord. Brood on us, Lord. Brood on me. Verse 3 says, Who, being in the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, We're coming to the communion table tonight. And I want to tell you, saints, he purged all your sins. You can come to the table tonight rejoicing, remembering the victory of Calvary. He purged all our sins. All our sins. And sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Can I give you another translation here? Upholding and maintaining and propelling all things. So the God that brooded over the universe and created everything. He's in control of everything. Every star that's being born. The scientists are marveling at the, these new stars and new supernovas. And I, I love it when NASA sends a batch of a pile of whole new. You can get on the NASA web and you can see the new pictures of the universe. I said, my father created that. <laughs> my father did that. He did that kind of galaxy. And how many galaxy upon galaxies? And he's got a variety of galaxies. They're not all the same galaxies. Every galaxy's got a different number. Every church has got a different number. Come on, galaxies. He creates his own galaxies. Amen. Puts every star in its proper order. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, sir. So this God, he upholds all things, maintains all things. He propels all things. The entire physical and spiritual universe is in God's control. So you think my life's out of control, really? A God that can create universes and have everything under his control, he can't control your life? Why don't you just surrender and say, Lord, control my thoughts. Don't let me speak my own thoughts. Let me speak God's thoughts. Let me humble myself to the will of God, not to my own will. It's not my will be done, but thy will be done. So this God of power, he's a God that carries the universe. (laughs) And I know some people don't like other translations, but sometimes it just brings it. Can you imagine now this God that maintains it, propels it, and he carries it? How big is my God? How big is your God? 
how great you say is our God. How great is my God. He can get me out of every situation. But the situations you put yourself in, you're going to have to get out of them. That didn't get an amen. A lot of times you do your own will and you want God to get you out of your problems. Before you get into that problem, why didn't you pray to him? I'll pause because at that pause, they can put a number at that place. Maybe some of you need to hear that statement again. We want to go forward and onward. We don't want starting to create our own problems. If you've committed to something, you commit to it and you do it. You're only as good as your word. Don't you dare go back on your word. God never went back on his. So now this God who's upholding all things, maintains all things, propels all things. He carries the universe. He's all powerful. He carries it along to what? His predestinated goal. If God can carry a universe into its predestinated goal, how about your universe? How about where you live? How about that kind of a personal God? How's your groaning doing? How's your groaning? I want. I want. I'm sick of hearing. I want. I want this. I want that. I demand this. I demand that. Where is Lord? What would you have me do? We get too much flesh and not enough God. I want more all God and less or no flesh. And boy, does this flesh get riled easy. I don't know who that was for, but now I got off page one. I told you, I have a long session. But we have, we have communion tonight and I won't hold you much longer. This God, this God that spoke and used his prophets throughout the ages. I wonder what kind of a web page would have been created when Isaiah said a virgin shall conceive. Are you loony? I told you he's going off on the deep end. Who does he think he is? I just can't imagine what they would have written up on and looked at Isaiah's life. You know, he hung around a king that backslid. Huh? Where's he coming in at? And then he prophesies. A virgin would conceive? Listen, this Bible is not written to unbelievers. I'm sorry, this message is not for unbelievers. And you don't listen to their unbelief. 
You listen to what God makes real to you. He said, God would never vindicate a lie. He would never vindicate an untruth. That's what a prophet said. And he says, now I want, and he, and and I love that in birth pains. He says, I want one of you to come up and show me where it has. I'll wait right here. I want some of you to rise up. He's talking to the, he's talking to the people. Come on. Show me where I went wrong. Tell me. But now everybody wants to tell him where he went wrong. But they sure wouldn't when he was there. Huh? Then he says, God never vindicates a lie or an untruth. Fred, you with your glasses on there, your little suit, you got a hernia. Fred, you're healed. What was he showing? God was using his body to breathe the word. So that word could brood over the people. Brood over us. And I got right in there, right at the very top. If anybody wants to ask me, listen, I just got never been wrong. Just so that you know where Brother Tom Ray stands. Oh, they're going to say, Brother Tom, you're just a parrot. Well, I'd rather parrot what Malachi 4 said than any man on the face of the earth. Never been wrong. He says, do you now believe? That voice that was speaking is not my voice. Hallelujah. Why? God was breathing through the prophet. Brooding on the people. It was my voice, but I wasn't operating it. I do not know what's wrong with this woman. Whatever he said, it's on the tape. And if you can read it tomorrow, whatever he said is true. It's true. Now that woman knows that. She knows whether it's true or not. She's a witness of what was in her life and what was wrong. What is truth, lady? Every word of it was said was the truth. While I was talking or whatever that went on there, something struck you because there's a light around you and you're healed. And the woman also suffering with something else. She's conscious. She's got tumors. Tumors are located on her breast. That's right. That's the truth. That wasn't me talking. That was God breathing. Brooding. Healing. Hallelujah. And he sent his word. And what? Healed the people. Don't get man, never man get lifted up. No man get lifted up. Lift up Jesus Christ. That's right, sister. It just struck you and that light's all around you. Never a man spake like this man 
outside of Jesus Christ himself. But it was Jesus Christ speaking through the man. So it's Hebrews 13, 8. The same God that spoke to the prophets, to our fathers through the prophets, hath in his last days spoken to us by his son. Oh my, this little woman also. Holy Spirit told her where she came from. Then I, I watched back there. That darkness faded away. That light started to hang around her. I'll just lay my life right there. That, that, that's it. He's never been wrong. So then that word that came forth then is thus saith the Lord. Many times you're all getting these, I'm getting these visions and you're getting it that same way. See, it isn't a vision and yet it is a vision. Okay. Like Brother Biscoe was saying the other day, there's some things, how do we explain this? It's a vision and yet it's not a vision. He said, going past the curtain of time, he said, he says, at one place, he said, it's a translation, but it's not a translation. It's a vision. He says, I'm in eternity then. So if you're in eternity, that's a place that never began, never ends. So it isn't seeing in the future. It's seeing all present, past and future. Read all the quotes. Never been wrong. It won't be wrong. The fifth seal. It's never been wrong. It won't be wrong. Amen. So now, can I just close with a couple of, some last points I'd just like to make for, and I'll come on another part another time. Then our position of groaning, our body that's calling, our deep that is yearning <laughs> was not given by you. It was given by God. <laughs> and I want to just close this little service and I'm sorry, I, I have just over an hour. But I wanted to ask you, how's your groaning doing? Has it been a little bit squelched lately? I, I, I love to unearth all the debris. Throw it away. So that you can say, where there's a deep, deep calling. There's a deep, deep to respond. God, respond to my groaning, my deep, Lord. My body is calling for a change. May your body call for a change this morning. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Musicians, please come. Simple message, I'm sorry, but it's the way it is. But I want to know, I want to know. Can I ask you personally as if you were in my living room? How's your groaning, man? Have we got too many things we got planned ahead, forgetting what we've been called for?
How's your grown, Jerry? How is your grown this morning assembly? What are you groaning for? Position? Fame? Or are you groaning to come into full manifestation of the brooding and breath of God that he's called for you in this generation? If you want him to breathe on you this morning or brood on you, breathe or brood, I guess that'll be it. And you just want to be just it's a very simple act. Lord, I want you to breathe and breathe on me more. You want to stand to your feet. I don't, don't stand just to stand. Please, please don't do that. Let him breathe on me. Let him breathe on me. Let the Holy Ghost just breathe on me, Lord. Brood on me. You brought forth mammal life. You brought forth animal life. You brought forth... You came into the very perfect image of His Son. That was the Logos. And now that Logos is now brooding over to create a bride. Just close your eyes. Just lift up your heart. And say, oh Lord, as I get ready to come to communion tonight, I want you to breathe on me. Oh, let him Father, gathering by the response of your people, each one standing for their own personal and individual reasons, Father. This is all I've been craving for, Lord, over this last little while. It's just more of you. More and more and more. Father, we fail many times because we do let the busyness of life distract us. But Lord, I I believe there's a people that's more determined now than ever to let that groan, groan forth. Let that deep call to the deep. Lord, one great moment, there's going to be a change in these bodies. We're living for that moment. We really are, Lord. So, Father, as we have now ministered the word, I pray, Lord, not the words of man, but a word from the Lord himself will lodge within the hearts of your children. May it bring forth, Lord, 
more of Christ. More of you. Lord, these precious brothers that have come from Brazil, Lord, to tarry with us this week. They've sacrificed much to be here. I just pray, Lord, that you'll pour upon them blessing upon blessing, Lord. That they might remember us when they go back home, that there's a little group in Cloverdale that love this message more than life itself. Give them traveling mercies. May the grace of God be with them and go before them. Each and every one that's come this morning, Lord. Maybe they've individually lifted up their cup. And inside said, fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. Fill this longing of my soul. I pray you'll fill every cup. I pray you'll fill my cup. As we return that, come and be around the communion table. I pray, Father, we'll do this indeed in remembrance of you, our lovely Lord Jesus. Father, be with us and go with us now, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Where there's a deep, deep calling. And as we're finished, you're dismissed after the song. Just a little chorus, I guess.